0: And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, you raised by slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you put your elbows on the table? Do you accost people in coffee shops? Do you steal friends? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make It's Nick Layton.
1: And I'm Leah Bonama.
0: And let's just get right down to it with our moose bouche. Oh, let's get in it. So for today, let's talk about putting elbows on the dinner table. Let's do it. Can you do it? Can I? Yeah. Or should I? <laughs> oh. so history has been talking about elbows on tables for a very, very long time. There's some reference in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is like this book of wisdom from 2000 years ago. And they reference the idea of like elbows on the table. Don't do it. And throughout history, it comes up. (laughs) Cut to the Middle Ages. It was considered rude to have your elbows on the table because picture a long banquet table where everybody's sitting very tightly, shoulder to shoulder. And it was rude to put your elbows on the table then because if you did that, you'd be in the space of the guy next to you. And getting in somebody else's space is rude. And then cut to the 17th and 18th centuries. And there's this great book called The Rituals of Dinner by Margaret Visser. And she observed that in the 18th and 17th centuries, there was the idea of correct posture and immobility. Leaning and elbows on the table encroached on the space of others and suggested a lack of bodily control. So this idea of control, a lot of our table manners today definitely stem from this idea of like, oh, we need to be controlled over our body and we can't do anything too wild and crazy at the table. So it will come as no surprise then that Emily Post is not into elbows at the table. (laughs) And she has this whole section in her book, which is called On the Subject of Elbows on the Table. And basically, don't do it. Don't think about it. And definitely don't do it if there are children present. Think of the children. Mm. And so for generations, we have been basically teaching children, no elbows on the table. The table is hot lava. Don't do it. Always wrong. And there's even this nursery rhyme, which I came across, which I never heard, but maybe other people grew up with it, which is... Mabel, Mabel, strong and able, get your elbows off the table. This is not a horse's stable. Wow. Yeah. So even nursery rhymes about elbows. So Ms. Manners adds to this. And she says that this rule is often taught through brute force and there have been casualties. (laughs) And she then goes on to describe how when you're teaching kids about this, what people would do is you would lift their elbow off the table a few inches and let it drop back onto the table so it would hit their funny bone and cause children pain. Ms. Manners is not condoning this. She's just explaining what has happened. And Ms. Manners adds, this might explain why even otherwise etiquette-free people remember this rule. So I guess there was just like this thing that people did where you just, you know, hit people's funny bone they their children <laughs> wow. to get their elbows off the table. so. This is actually not the whole story and is not the whole rule. You are allowed to have your elbows on the table. That's allowed. You're just not allowed to do it if you're eating or if you're holding a glass. But before dinner, between courses, after dinner, you are allowed to have your elbows on the table. It's okay. And even Emily concedes this point. And in 1922, she was lamenting how loud restaurants had become. (laughs) Like, oh, they're so loud. And so in order to hear other people, you do have to like lean in. And so when you lean in, you do need elbows on the table. So Emily will allow you to lean in and have your elbows on the table. And she says it actually makes you look better. (laughs) She says, quote, in leaning forward, a woman's figure makes a more graceful outline supported on her elbows, than doubled forward over her hands in her lap as though in pain. Mm. So she's like, if you're going to do it, then at least, you know, do it gracefully. But if you're at home and you don't have a problem hearing other people at your dinner table, Emily's still not into it. So she only allows this at restaurants.
1: If I had to put money down prior to you telling me on where I thought Emily Post came in on elbows, Uh I would have guessed she was a no elbow on table lady. She's not
0: into it. And I actually saw a quote attributed to her, which I couldn't actually track down in one of her actual books. But it's that the only time you can have elbows on the table is if you're home alone or ill. (laughs) So, those are the only two times when you could do it.
1: That seems uh, exactly like something she would say. Yeah,
0: sounds like Emily. (laughs) Yeah, that's Emily. And we're back, and now it's time to go deep. Very deep. This is deep. So, I want to talk about friend poaching, (laughs) sometimes called friend napping. And so, here's an example, (laughs) Uh, if you don't know. An example would be, I introduce you to my friend Lisa and you guys click. And now you guys hang out without me. That is one example of friend poaching. And so for some people, this is a major etiquette crime, major betrayal, things can turn toxic. It's a big deal. So are you familiar with friend poaching? Has it happened to you? Do you have strong feelings about it?
1: This one was interesting because I feel the person I was 10 years ago I am familiar with friend poaching. Mm-hmm. I love your terminology, the <laughs> friend napping. I don't have strong feelings about it as who I am now. It seems some people have things in common. I introduce somebody because I think they like they would like each other. That's why they're hanging out. They maybe they wanted to do something that I wouldn't have wanted to do. They wanted to get to know each other. I don't see what that has to do with me.
0: Yes, I think that's a very mature way to look at it. <laughs> but I do get. Let's say now you and Lisa uh, have hit it off and now you're going to brunch and I see you Instagram your brunch together and I wasn't invited. I can see how that could irk me, you know, on some level.
1: I can see how it would hurt somebody's yeah. feelings, to, but also it's not really like I've definitely felt left out. But then I remind myself this really doesn't have to do with me at all. Yeah. OK. Unless they lied to me about it.
0: Oh, well, then that's a whole other. Story. And that's a
1: whole other story. But if they just sure. enjoyed each other and followed up on plans. Right. I can understand feeling hurt, but I would probably keep it to myself.
0: Yeah, I get how it can cause feelings of jealousy or like FOMO. And I think if you're feeling sort of insecure that this could really sort of rub you the wrong way and feel like a major etiquette transgression. I think for me, I don't look at friendships as like this weird zero sum game where I can be friends with you or you can be friends with this person, but we can't both be friends with them at the same time. And so if I introduce you to somebody and you guys hit it off, like that doesn't change my relationship with that person. Yeah, I don't see how it's really related. Right. But I think it is very important to note that some people really do feel that way. And so if you are going to friend poach, know that it's a thing that some people are very sensitive to. And so I think you just want to be mindful of that when you do that. And there's some advice that comes up. Uh, from people who have been the poachers and the poaches about like ways to handle it. So the first thing is you want to go slow. So maybe don't send the Facebook friend request that night. Some people are very bothered when they see this. So maybe, you know, wait till the next day. I don't know. To me, it wouldn't bother me. But some people are very bothered by that. So just know that some people are bothered by that.
1: Bothered by who's being bothered?
0: If I introduce you to Lisa and then you Facebook friend Lisa that day, some people are bothered by this.
1: Lisa's bothered by it or you're, I don't even know how I'm you bothered. would, I don't even know how you would know. How would you know?
0: Cause then, I, oh, I see you guys are friends on Facebook now.
1: Why are you paying attention to that so <laughs> well, closely? People pay attention. I don't know. Why wouldn't you want them to be friends
0: though? Because I am worried that if you guys are friends, then I'm going to be left out. That's the fear. The next piece of advice that people come up who are very sensitive to this is that you should operate as a threesome initially. So I shouldn't be doing one-on-one stuff with my new friend. I should include the original connector with any plans that we might have. So no you know, brunch is just the two of us. Make it group activities. Make it a threesome for a little while. Somebody even suggested that you should do this for at least several months, that it would be too soon to cut the original connector out. Got to wait several months of the relationship. So... That's something that's suggested. I mean, in New
1: York, I'll go months and months without seeing friends, you know, just because time just flies.
0: Yeah, none of this feels very relevant to my life, but (laughs) I'm just um, saying, you know, this is a thing that's out there, friend poaching. And I think a lot of our audience is gonna listen to this and be like, this happened to me. I was very upset about it. I thought what my friend did was rude or wrong. And so, you know, I think this is a thing. I think it's weird
1: if you try to hide it from somebody.
0: Fair, yes, yes. Yes, I guess if there's deceit. Because then
1: it's like, oh, are you hiding from me?
0: Right, right. Yes, I guess if the attitude is like, I'm not doing anything wrong, so then therefore I have nothing to hide.
1: Like if I introduce you to my friend Lisa. Okay. And then I say, oh, hey, you guys, you know, you both love museum exhibits. And then you message me, oh, hey, I'm I'm meeting up with Lisa. We're going to go to the Met. And I'd be like, this would be my response. Awesome. (laughs) right. Have a great time. But also, it's so much easier if you text me. So glad you introduced me to Lisa. We are going to go to the Met. Awesome. Have a great time. That way I feel like I'm a part of.
0: Right. I'm credited with this new relationship.
1: Yeah. And I feel happy that you found somebody to share something you guys like doing together. And I don't feel like you're hiding it from me.
0: Right. Maybe that's key.
1: You know, I think what's weird is when people don't tell people they were like, oh, we didn't we didn't want you to feel left out because then you're like, oh, do you think I'm you know, then people start to feel like, oh, do you feel sorry for me? You know what I mean? But if you just let somebody know. Boom. It's on the level. Yeah. Everybody feels like they've been told you're not being lied to. That's it. That's it. I understand wanting to be invited to things and feeling left out. But I think the feeling to focus on if you're a person who because in the past I felt this way. It's not a feeling that I any longer feel. But I think that if you do feel that way, I believe that below that feeling, you want your friends to be happy. Mm. And so it's nice to focus on, oh, it's nice that I was able to introduce two people that have something in common. It doesn't say anything about my relationship with them, you know, except that there's more happiness to go around and to focus on that feeling as opposed to feeling left out.
0: Yeah, that's nice. And just reframe it as like, oh, I did a nice thing here and I've made people happy. Yes.
1: Because it's like, don't you want people to be happy?
0: Yeah, usually.
1: And sometimes you feel a little insecure about it. I get that. You feel left out. Yeah. But that's why you focus on the other feeling.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, all right. So I think these are some good uh, words of advice. I also think sometimes you introduce people as friends because they have an activity they both like doing that maybe you don't like doing. That's true. So you pawn it off on them.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you guys, you guys do ice fishing. i have had it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to go inside where it's warm. And
1: that way your friend has a friend to do this activity with.
0: Yeah. They'll stop bothering you about ice fishing.
1: I will go ice fishing with you. Let me say that though, up top.
0: Okay. I am not interested.
1: <laughs> but if you have a friend, if you have a friend who wants to go ice fishing oh, with you. I see.
0: Yes. For all my ice fishing friends, I will definitely hook you up. I won't feel bad about it.
1: I just want to wear that cute hat with the, the two ear flaps and like have a warm beverage mm-hmm. and then just sit there and go, Oh, I'm so cold. <laughs>
0: Sounds like a great time. Sign me up. (laughs) And now it's time for Intermezzo.
1: Intermezzo.
0: So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes.
1: And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also so much is going on
0: in this town. So
1: much is going on. We already we start at a ten and then yeah. we keep going up.
0: But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it 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 got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. so
1: glad I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat.
0: So our first question is, a friend of mine recently moved out of state, but before she left town, I took her out to lunch at a local restaurant to say goodbye. As I was driving her home, she asked me if I liked lentil soup. I told her that I haven't had it before because it never really appealed to me. She responded with, my friend's mom made me a huge batch of lentil soup that I've been keeping in my freezer for a few months. It's so good, but I won't be able to eat it before I move out. So I'm going to give you some. I really didn't want the soup, especially since I knew it was now months old. So I said, thank you, but I'm okay. I'm not a huge soup eater. She replied again, trust me, you'll love it, but you'll have to season it first so it's not bland. I gave up and I said, okay. She then asked me if I liked more things, ketchup, teriyaki sauce, "'Miso soup.' I told her, "'No, thank you,' more definitively this time. She seemed to accept this until we got back to her apartment. She ran upstairs to get the lentil soup and returned with an enormous bag full of lentil soup and other used refrigerated items. I tried to politely tell her, "'Thank you, but I don't know how to cook with these things and I don't want them to go to waste.' But she insisted that she was, quote, "'Saving me money,' and proceeded to text me recipes to use said ingredients.' I went home and ended up throwing everything out because I have no idea how long they've been open and sitting in a refrigerator. All this to say, when moving out, please do not burden your friends with the contents of your fridge.
1: My, my back heart reading this. I just...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: There is a real issue with people who can't hear no.
0: Yeah. I think we all have this person in our life. I think we all know this lentil soup person. Yeah. Right? Yes. I really, I could picture this person in my life. I, I know this person. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, you have to dig in on your nose with people like this. No, thank you. And then when I, but you just and it makes somebody, especially somebody like me, who I hate saying no to people that I really like because I mm-hmm. inherently want them to feel good. But then you just say your no, and then that's it. Oh, but you were, no, no, thank you. No,
0: thank you. And then that's it. Yeah, but this is somebody who doesn't listen. And somebody who doesn't listen, they don't hear no. It does not fire any synapses in their brain. It doesn't compute. No means white noise. So when the stakes are low like this, it's lentil soup. I think we just take the lentil soup.
1: Yeah, but now she didn't just take the lentil soup. Now she took a bag of this person's garbage fridge. Garbage. <laughs> this It just made me so angry. And then this person texted them. That I love. Recipes. Yeah. So now this person has to invent... A story (laughs) or be like, are you kidding me? I threw them out. I told you I didn't want them. It just if it was just the soup, I would have been like, just take it.
0: Oh, but it's a ketchup that puts you over the edge? The
1: teriyaki sauce.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: And then the texting of recipes. As if this person isn't able to find recipes on their own, if they were interested in the teriyaki sauce. Fair. I'm saving you money. Oh, thank you so much. It just, for some reason, this one really, really grinded my gears.
0: Yeah, no, I see that.
1: I mean... This friend is treating this person like a child.
0: Oh, you you get a little patronizing flavor from this?
1: Let me tell you how to use condiments. (laughs) That's
0: true. (laughs) Here's how ketchup works.
1: Yeah, that's exactly, if I get a text (laughs) like
0: that, I
1: just... Unfortunately, I would love to become the kind of person who when they came downstairs with the condiments, Mm -hmm. I would love to be the kind of person who was like, I really can't take this. I appreciate it. I already have too much stuff. But no, I wish I was that person.
0: But you're not that person.
1: I'm not that person. I would take it. Right. And then I would get it to my house and then I would get so upset about it that I would eat a bag of candy corn and then aggressively watch all three Lord of the Rings to, to calm down. Wow.
0: That much rage over miso soup? Okay. Because
1: it's not, it's when somebody doesn't listen to your boundaries.
0: Yeah. No, it's upsetting.
1: This is not the first time this happened with this friend. No. This friend has been doing it to this and she's like, finally, you're moving. And then she has to keep your miso soup.
0: I mean, what I also love is that the lentil soup is bland. Yeah.
1: She's like, also (laughs) the soup tastes bad. You're going to
0: have to doctor
1: it up. Am I taking your garbage?
0: Yeah. But... I do think the etiquette response here is just let it go. Take the lentil soup, throw it away. You probably won't see this person very often. That is the path that leads resistance. She's leaving town. This is not when we set in boundaries. I feel like, you know, we just.
1: I think you're probably right. But at the same uh, time.
0: Yes. I mean, etiquette is not satisfying. The correct etiquette response is often not the satisfying response. But how
1: rude is it that a person would give you garbage? They're garbage. Yeah. I've said to people when I was leaving places, because sometimes people need stuff. And I understand that. I've said, hey, I have stuff in my freezer. I'm going out of town for a while. Like my neighbors that I get along with. Mm-hmm. Do you? And if they're like, no, I'm like, of course. And, you know, and I only say to people that I'm close enough friends with. Because I would, if somebody was next door and they're like, hey, we have this huge thing of ketchup, we're moving. I'd be like, yeah, give me the ketchup.
0: But yes, you're offering these things. This is a situation this, in which we This we're person is putting not offering. trash
1: into your car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, this, this for some reason really just put me over.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I hear that. So, uh, I don't know if we've come to any conclusion here, but I guess as a PSA, this is a PSA. Please don't do this. Don't do this to your friends. Or anyone. Or
1: anybody. I also think that Nick is absolutely right. The easy thing to do, if you didn't have a lot of backed up emotion about this, would be to just Mm -hmm. take it and go back to your house and go, I got another bag of condiments (laughs) and lentil soup that needs to be doctored and just laugh about it.
0: Yeah. I I actually find this quite funny. So... I'm into it.
1: And I think that would be the goal. But my guess is that there's some backed up feelings. Otherwise, they wouldn't have written the letter.
0: Yeah, no, this is not the first time there's been some wayward condiments, it's true.
1: So I just want to say to our letter writer, this person isn't listening to your boundaries. And if you continue this friendship with them, your nose are going to have to get louder.
0: Fair, okay, that's a good way to put it, sure. Our next question is, quote, this may end up being a repent situation, but what are your thoughts? (laughs) I know, is that great? But what are your thoughts on using a card mailing service to send thank you notes? I'm not together enough to have my own personalized stationery or, frankly, stamps. I've used an online service to create and send thank you notes. Yes, it is printed and not written, but it is printed with the salutation and expression of thanks from me. This service generates a physical card mailed to my recipient, so it is a step up from an e-card. Is this a cop-out and should I repent? Hmm. Obviously this question has Nick written all over it. So here's the deal. The idea of the handwritten thank you note is not that it comes on physical paper or that it is mailed. This is not what this is about. It's that I took me personally some time out of my day to think about the thing you did for me and to express some thanks for this. It's the taking of time part. That is the essence of the thank you note. That's what we want to focus on. So the fact that you are having a company do the writing and the mailing for you, it loses the essence of what we're trying to achieve here. And so for that, this is not ideal. I do not approve. So let's not do that. But some interesting things in this message. She says that she does not have her own personalized stationery. Ah, you don't need personalized stationery. That's okay. You you don't need to have your name on it. Plenty of blank cards out there. No problem. And she doesn't have stamps. Well, so when I got this, I wrote her back and I was like, no, don't do that. And I sent her links to Amazon and the U.S. Postal Service website of the stamps she should buy and the cards she should buy. And I was like, just buy these and just have them on standby. They'll come in handy. And what she did is she wrote us a note on her new stationery with her new stamps. And it looks great very chic. And she said, thank you. And she's like, oh, this is great and easy. And another satisfied customer. Nicely done, Nick. So yeah, don't use these online services because I I don't like that. And yeah, you might have a lot of thank you notes to write for your wedding. Oh, I'm sorry. People did nice things for you and bought you gifts. Take the time to write a letter. Don't use some online service to make it easy.
1: I knew you would come in. Yeah,
0: that's how I come in on that. So our next question is, quote,
1: can I say something really quick about the last one? Mm. This resonated with me just in that, well, the way you sent her the link with the link to the stamps and the thing. It took me a very long time to be the kind of, I'm a very, you don't have to agree with this audibly, but I'm a very <laughs> frazzled person. And mm-hmm. to be set up in a way where, like now I have a thing with thank you notes in it and we have a stamp, but to be at a place where I realize that I, I just can't get, one thing, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm too sort of uh, mentally messy uh, to keep up with when I have to do things. So I have to have it set aside and be like, okay, this is already in my house so I can do it. Cause otherwise, okay. So it took me a while to become a person who knew that I would need to be that kind of a person.
0: So just to paraphrase this <laughs> stream of consciousness that yes. you just went through, yes, you feel a little discombobulated and frazzled and busy and You need to have things available and easy to grab when you need to do it. So it's on standby.
1: Right. But it took me a long time to realize that that's what fixed it. Just because I'm not a linear thinker.
0: Right. Oh, I got that.
1: I'd be like, oh, I'll get to it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I know it's a shock to everybody. I'll get to it. (laughs) And then I get nervous about it. And then I get anxious about it. And then I would worry about it. And then I would, you know what I mean? And now it took me a long time in my learning about myself to realize oh, just have things in your house that's already there. That way it doesn't take you three weeks of having a panic attack of why you didn't get to the... So I understand this feeling.
0: Yes. I mean, what we're describing is what's called a stationary wardrobe. And this comes in many different forms. But basically, the idea is you've assembled different types of stationery for different occasions and all the things that go with it in order to send notes. So in your stationery wardrobe, you're going to have your cards and your envelopes. You're going to have your stamps. You're going to have your fountain pens or whatever else. And you assemble this, and it's always available. Because the thing with the thank you notes is if it's easy for you to do, you'll do them. And so if you have the cards available, you already have the postage ready to roll. You've got the envelopes, you've got the pens, you know, you'll just do it. So it's a very adult thing to have a stationary wardrobe and we're all adults here. So let's get a stationary wardrobe. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know, these cards from Amazon, also, I'll include a link in the show notes. You can buy the same cards. They're very pleasant. They work for all occasions, somber and happy. And get some stamps, they can mail them to you. Postal service does know how to mail things to you and uh, you just have it available. And that way there was no excuses. And that's really what's key. Cause like when you got to write a thank you note, you really just got to write it. And you know, the person who did a nice thing for you, for which you're supposed to send thanks doesn't care if you have cards on standby or not. They just want to be acknowledged. So just like make it easy on yourself to do that.
1: Yeah. And I've also in the past toiled that, Oh, what about how I say it sounds stupid or cheesy? They'll appreciate it. Whatever you have to say is
0: great. Yeah. I mean, well, that just comes down to like, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation.
1: I just wanted to acknowledge feeling anxiety about it. And
0: (laughs) right. But for everybody out there, just have some cards and stamps and uh, life will be great. Our next question is, quote, I have a neighbor who doesn't let me know whether what they want is for good or evil and simply texts me. Are you home? I think it's an etiquette faux pas to put people in that position. If I say, yes, I am home, then I have to wait to hear what it is you want and then have to say something like, no, I can't walk your dog. And then I have to feel like I have to give a reason. I personally never ask someone if they're home or if they're free or whatever before saying why I'm contacting them. It is so much more respectful to just state up front, hey, I want to ask you for a favor, which is, or hi, I have this specific thing to give you. Are you available now? And then ask if or when the person is available or can do the thing. It gives people an out for whatever reason they may have. In addition to making me slightly anxious and annoyed, it wastes time. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I don't love this.
1: I don't, not only do I not love, we had two questions in this that are like my issues. The soup into the condiments (laughs) and this one, this happens to me at least once a week.
0: This is very common. Yeah. This and is- it
1: drives me insane. Because it's a trap. It's a trap.
0: <laughs> Happens
1: to me a lot with comedy when people will be like, what are you doing Tuesday? Ugh. So they're dangling possible work, but it also could be complete garbage.
0: Right. Yeah. Are you free to do this Unpaid thing that's incredibly inconvenient.
1: (laughs) Or horrible, or (laughs) just like something you would never, you know what I mean? And then you're like, what's the question?
0: Yeah, because why this is an etiquette crime is that it forces you to come up with a vague response that is noncommittal to find out what we're talking about. Like, oh, I'm not sure what my Friday's like. Yeah, and I don't want to have to lie. Or like, I'm home, but I'm in the middle of something. I think, and it's like, it just, what are we talking about?
1: I've started getting better because this is another one that just, you know, I get so worked up. You know me. (laughs) I mean, you basically have to say some version of why, what's up?
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you would just say that, like, don't actually answer the question about availability or interest and just respond with like, tell me more.
1: Yeah, because I'm not going to make something up. I need to know what the rest, you obviously haven't given me all of the question yet. And you know that you haven't.
0: Yeah. Although in my experience, you're not because you know whatever it is, is not good.
1: Yeah. 90% of the time.
0: Yeah. It's never like, oh, are you free for free money? Yeah. Can I bring over some ice cream?
1: I have puppies outside that are so cute. I just want to see if you want to pet them and put (laughs) outfits on them. Oh yeah. I'm home then.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's never that. No, it's, do you want to move a piano up my walk up? Yeah. I absolutely don't want to do it. Right. So, it is rude. Yeah, cuz it definitely corners people and it's a trap and it's a terrible feeling to, you know, be in that position. So, definitely don't do that. Yeah, that's a good PSA.
1: And I think that you should feel comfortable saying, "Why? What's up?" or like Nick said, "Tell me more." Yeah. And also, if they're like they always come over, you're allowed to be in your home and not available.
0: Yeah. Just cuz you're home doesn't mean you're free. Full stop.
1: So you can say, "I'm home, but I'm not free." Yeah, that's
0: fair. And then if they're like, but I have hot pie.
1: And then you're like, oh, I'll be free in five minutes. (laughs) Right. I've never texted anybody that. I'll be like, hey, there's this thing. And I say what the thing is. It's Tuesday. Would you be interested?
0: Yeah, I'd never. I don't like putting people in the spot. And I always want to give people an out. Like, I never want anybody to feel obligated to do anything.
1: I'll give people three outs. Are you interested? Are you available? You know what I mean? Yeah. You could be uninterested and not available. You have, I'll I'll give you 3,000 outs. I don't want
0: to corner you. That's very Nice. So, do you feel cornered out there? Let us help. Send us your questions about corners or or feeling cornered. And you can send them to our website where you raised by or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message 267 call RBW. <laughs> Now it's time for the
1: Intermezzo.
0: Did you know we have merchandise? No. (laughs) Leah, you didn't? Well, it's true. There's mugs, there's tote bags, there's t-shirts, there's pillows, there's stationery, custom stationery, boxes of stationery, all sorts of great stuff. So go to our website and check it out. And we're always adding to the pillow collection. Yes. Anytime something comes up on our show, which is like, put that on a pillow, we do. (laughs) So, check it out. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So, just a quick reminder that you can send in your questions to us. And you can send in your events and repents. Oh, yes, please do. And you can send them to us through our website, where you raised by And we also take DMs and text messages and voice memos
1: and PS cordials of kindness.
0: So, please send those in.
1: We're ever so grateful.
0: And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. And this is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent?
1: You know, I feel like I always get to go first.
0: Okay. So I just want to give you
1: that opportunity.
0: Happy to. So for me, I would like to vent. Oh, yes. So I was out east this past weekend in the Hamptons, a place I know very well. It's where my journalism career really took off. Mm. And so I was back there uh, as a house guest with some friends. And the Hamptons is... uh, It's a wondrous place. There's a lot that happens. And I feel like the etiquette crimes that are committed in the Hamptons are elevated in a way not seen elsewhere. Oh, So I was at Starbucks uh, getting coffee and I'm waiting for my order to be ready. And this woman comes in and she basically gets right into my face and is like, where are the capsules? And I hadn't had my coffee yet. And so I found this like a little confusing. And I'm like, capsules? For my coffee maker, where are the capsules? Oh, I I'm not sure. I, I'm sure one of these nice people will be able to assist you. Uh, then what are you here for? Then. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't work here. And then she was like, uh, fine. Oh. Uh. <laughs> so the problem was I was wearing a green plaid shirt, so I guess she thought I worked there because I was wearing green plaid, and. So no apology, no acknowledgement that there was a mix up. And uh, she just went on to go across the rest of the staff for those capsules. And P.S., they don't sell them there. Rude. So rude. <laughs> so rude. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. I have confused people who I thought worked in a store, you know, because they were either standing in a certain way or they were wearing sort of like the Best Buy khakis with polo. Like, you know, you sometimes you make that mistake. This happens. But you apologize. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought you worked here. Uh, and that's it. That's like the end of the nice etiquette experience. But to not take responsibility, and she was so rude.
1: Oh, my god, I mean, word. even if I did
0: work there, I would have been offended yeah, by this so behavior. Yeah, that's so offensive. Yeah, not a hello. Not a like, oh, hello, do you have capsules? No. It was just like, where are the capsules? So <gasps> that's my vent.
1: Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm Hamptons. He- I'm love heated. It. I'm heated. Love it.
0: I love Southampton. Yep.
1: That's so rude.
0: And for you... <laughs>
1: Yours is much ruder. (laughs) Mine is just a general grievance. Okay. This happened to me twice in the past two weeks. Oh. If you are a business and I pay you money Uh to use your services Uh and you decide to somehow update or change your service and then you make me do the work to get you the money Oh! and in no way acknowledge that I'm now also using time, my time to get you money. I hate you. That's how I feel.
0: I mean, was there just like a change in the online bill pay for some service that you used? No, it wasn't
1: online bill pay. It was like (laughs) I had to get, uh, I mean, it's so specific to what it is, but happening with two different companies where they made an error. They made errors, Mm. but then to fix it, all these things had to be redone, rebooted. Okay. And then I had to read numbers back on all these things. And then I had to call and wait, on one of these calls, I waited 90 minutes on hold Oh, for an error they made on their side.
0: Okay, so the general etiquette crime here is that they were not respectful of your time.
1: And it's like, at least acknowledge that you made a mistake and then I have to fix it from my end mm-hmm. and then I'm giving you money, but yet I had to put in what ended up being hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. My vent was much better.
1: This is so hurtful. <laughs> Yours was better The entire Were You Raised by Wolves family is going to Southampton And we're looking Mm -hmm. for a woman that we have no physical description for Yeah, Just a behavior And we're just going to find her Oh, you'll find her Yeah, we're going to find her (laughs) She's still looking for those capsules
0: So, Leah what have we learned?
1: I learned, I am shocked that elbows, mm-hmm. no elbows, goes all the way back to Ecclesiastes.
0: Thousands of years. We've been talking about it. Unbelievable. And I learned, use condiments, don't give them to you.
1: No, I mean, may offer, I may want, I may want them.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, ask. That's, I should just ask first. Don't force them upon you. you don't, Especially after you've told me that they're bland. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. That he has ready. It's ready to roll. It's on standby. Just waiting for your address. So for your homework this week, you got all the homework. You've had a very light time the past <laughs> couple weeks. So this week, I want you to buckle <laughs> down. I want you to sign up for our newsletter, visit our website, follow us on Instagram, join our Patreon, buy some merchandise, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and tell some friends about us. Woo! That's it. That's all I want you to do. That's it. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, <gasps> the part of the show that you make us do. And I only give you 30 seconds to say nice things about something. Ready, set, I would
1: like to say a huge thank you to people who find things and return them. Mm. This is an incredible group of people. Recently, a camera was lost Mm. and a person found it and brought it back to information center at the park. Oh, and then went to the park and it was there. Wow. Are you kidding me?
0: That doesn't happen.
1: Incredible.
0: And for me, we got this lovely message through Instagram and it's quote, I just started listening to your podcast not long ago where were you when I was figuring out life on my own? And I just wanted to say that learning you have transcripts of each episode warms my cold, dead heart. I'm a sign language interpreter and being able to share your podcast with my bestie, who is deaf, is fabulous and it makes me so happy to stumble across inclusiveness when so often I find the opposite. All that to say... Thank you for being stellar. That's so nice. So that's so great. I'm really happy that people are using our transcripts which we have on our website so you can read them and uh, it's so nice that you know even deaf people can enjoy our show. So that's really nice. So thank you.